So here I sit again in my bed for another update. I don't know what it is, but I just seem to be staying in um, some B&Bs that don't really have like maybe they either don't have a desk or if they do, it's just not conducive for working. So I just end up sitting in the bed, (laughs) which is fine. As this comes out, I'm going to be at the end of the road trip, I think, thankfully, through Scotland. I have loved it. It is great. I am seeing so many amazing places, but I'm so tired of moving around right now. Um, I'm ready to dig my heels in at least for um, about four weeks. I'm very much looking forward to that and being able to like really feel like I can unpack and be somewhere for a little while and have an apartment where I can just go to the grocery store and uh, not have to worry about getting all, you know, not that I'm getting all dolled up for breakfast, but you know, anyway. (laughs) So yes, I am sitting in the bed. I'm actually in Southern Scotland, an area I haven't been to. And um, it's really, you know, Scotland's really diverse. I'm going to be doing a a little overview episode on Scotland, on some thoughts and about road tripping through Scotland, um, kind of some ideas that I want to share. But I just thought I'd give you a little life update. Things are going pretty, pretty well. Like I said, I'm just a, a little road weary. <laughs> so that's been the theme. I will never do four weeks or four months of uh, moving around this much. I'll be sure that I plant myself in a place for a month here or there in the future because the moving around is definitely weary. I know everybody's like, oh, but you get to travel and see all these great places. It is nice. There's no doubt about it. But when you're moving around a lot, it does get gets a little tiring at times. And you just kind of want to, uh, you know, dig in your heels a little bit, at least for a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe even a couple months. So so yeah, so that's kind of just the little update. I can't believe it's just, you know, we're getting already into autumn, kind of just trying to think about like what on earth happened to this year. So anyway, I am rambling. So I want to get on with this episode because I have something very special to talk about, a place that just blew my socks off. All right, so let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Wonder Your Way Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Neiman. I'm here to help you travel to Europe, to explore off the tourist track destinations, dig a bit deeper into those well-known places, offer up some tips so you can travel with peace of mind, and of course, to share a few stories. It's my hope to inspire you to travel to Europe, your way. Hello, my wondering friend, and welcome to episode number 73 of the Wonder Your Way podcast. I can't wait till I get to 100. That's going to feel like such an accomplishment for me. Anyway, I just digress. Um, I want to talk about a specific site in Scotland that I just recently went to, and I just feel really, I don't know, it's, it's one of those places that I had... Believe it or not, I think I found out about this. It's a castle. (laughs) 
Scotland and castles. Yes, I know. There are some amazing castles. Some of them are just ruins. Um, if you go back, I think the last, one of the last blog posts that was out there on uh, Loch Inver, you will kind of hear or see some photos of Ardrek Castle, which was really kind of a tower fortress. And then there are those castles that are these big grand stately homes. And that's what we're going to talk about. And this is called Colleen. Now it looked like, it looks like Colzine, C-U-L-Z-E. A-N, but it is actually, as Bo informed me, because she always corrects my pronunciation, which I actually appreciate, it is pronounced Colleen, Colleen Castle. Now, when we talked about it, because I know it came up on the Lowlands episode that she and I did on Scotland, I had actually looked this place up. I was actually planning a trip for some folks shout out to Jeff and Tammy, who were getting married, uh, second marriage for both of them, but they wanted to get married in a castle. And so I'm like trying to find different castles in Scotland. And this was, I think, before I had been to Scotland yet. So I think this was back in like 2016. It was early in when my business was still very young. And I remember coming across it and being like, whoa, look at that. I mean, it's just like the setting and everything is magnificent. And I remember it just, I think it was a little bit pricier and, and we ended up finding another castle that worked out well. Oddly enough, a castle that I'm going to be staying near very soon. Very, yes, very soon in my trip. But anyway, Colleen Castle if you kind of Google it and you place it on the map, you're going to see it is in the region of Ayrshire, A-Y-R-S-H-I-R-E. And this is the region. It's sort of southwest-ish, uh, southwest Scotland. It is just south of Glasgow. So it could make, if you are staying in Glasgow or somewhere in that Glasgow area, this could make a good day trip from Glasgow. It's about 50 miles from like the center of Glasgow. It might take you a good hour and a half or so to get there, kind of depending on how traffic is. Having driven kind of through slash around Glasgow, the, the traffic and the roadworks can be a little daunting. Um, you can do it, but uh, you just have to keep your, keep your wits about you as you drive through places like that. So it could take a little bit longer than that, but I would say roughly an hour and a half, maybe hour 45 minutes for you to get there, depending on how traffic is. Um, so it's a definitely a doable day trip from Glasgow. However, you may also want to stay in the area along the Ayrshire coast there. Uh, there are some places for those who maybe want to play golf. There's also kind of some other little towns nearby that you may consider staying. So this castle, which I think Bo, one of the things that she also told me about it is it's really, it, it's run by the National Trust for Scotland. And the National Trust properties are kind of all throughout the United Kingdom. Like Giant's Causeway is a National Trust property in, in Northern Ireland. I believe uh, Stonehenge in England would be a National Trust property. So it's kind of, it's run, you know, by the government, taken care of by, by the government, by this specific kind of arm. I think it's the government. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, they are, they're not privately owned. And it is this entity, the National Trust for Scotland, that takes care of Colleen Castle. And it is kind of the sort of flagship property because it is just an absolutely gorgeous, spectacular site. Not only is it a castle, but it is really termed, if you Google it, you will see it will say Colleen Castle and Country Park because there is all this land around it. 
it sits right on the sea. So there actually is a is a beach. There's trees area, there's wooded areas, there's paths, there's something for everyone here. So let me kind of just dive into just a little bit more about this. So this was actually built, it was designed by, I think, a an architect that must be pretty, I don't really know a whole lot about him, but he must be pretty popular, pretty famous in Scotland. His name is Robert Adam, and it was designed and built in the late 18th century. So we're talking about the late 1700s. And it looks like it was specifically built between about 1777 and 1792. It's funny, I'm looking at... (laughs) Looking at, they actually, they're like into a fine country house and it's going to be the seat of the earldom, the 10th Earl of Cassilis, C-A-S-S-I-L-I-S. And I'm thinking country house, that's a fucking castle if I ever saw one. So (laughs) pardon my language, but it's big. It's huge. And it is really spectacular. It's got some round towers to it. It's got like the little crenellation things. It is absolutely stunning. So It belonged to this family for a while, and eventually it was, somehow it became part of the Kennedy family. And I don't know how, like all the stuff, I'm sure all this was passed down through the Earl and whoever, the Viscounts and whatever their titles were. But anyway, in 1945, the family actually gave the castle and the crowns to the National Trust for Scotland, and they... Also, oddly enough, this is something really, really interesting about this. And you'll see when you go on the tour, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But there is a little tie to Dwight D. Eisenhower, who, of course, was a general during during World War II and then became president of the U.S. um, in 1952. I'll go into that in just uh, a little bit. But, you know, this estate, if you will, was then, you know, given over to the National Trust for Scotland in 1945. And now it's open to the public. And again, it's not just the castle, there's the coach house or the stables. And then there is all this land. And the National Trust for Scotland has really built it into a place where you could actually spend the whole day here. Like I was a little disappointed that I was, I really only had a couple of hours because I was driving from point A to point B and it was really on my way. Um, Just had to take a little detour and I didn't want to get to my next stop too late. So I told myself, okay, I've got, I had like maybe roughly two hours or so by the time I got there to spend at Colleen Castle. And I could have spent like the entire afternoon. You know, I got there just a little afternoon and I could have stayed until, I could have easily stayed until they probably closed at, you know, five or whatever. Here's why I think you should put it on your list. Number one is the castle itself is really beautiful. You get to go into, you know, obviously not all of it, but you get to see a lot of different parts of it. So you're going to go in and you're going to see a lot of the different rooms. You're going to see things like the dining room, the library, the the different like sitting rooms, the places where they would have like their their pre-dinner <laughs> pre-dinner cocktail um, before they would have dinner and then their post-dinner <laughs> cocktails, um, the music room. It is absolutely beautiful. You get to see actually some of the bedrooms as well and some of the other smaller rooms. It really is impressive. Like 
even when you first walk in, the first room you go into is like the armory and like all these pistols and swords that are all on the the wall, like that were a collection. It's pretty mind boggling. So you get to go into that and you can either tour yourself or they will have tours just every so often. I unfortunately, I would have loved to have had a guided tour through there, but they only were having it at like 1130 and then again at 230. I got there at 1230. So and I couldn't really wait till 2.30. That was kind of when I wanted to to leave, to go on to my stay. So I didn't get to do the tour, but they do usually have a couple of people maybe around in the in the various rooms where you can ask questions. And they do have little a little rack where they'll have informational sheets in there. And actually they have it in many different languages. So you can actually read about the room yourself and they'll point out different like things that maybe features of the room to um, to look at. You know, it might be like a clock or a portrait or something like that on the wall that they will kind of point out to you. You get to go through like all where where the the family would have been living and you know eating and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing you get to do, which I thought was really cool, and I guess it's something that they recently sort of kind of opened, was you get to go through the kitchen, like where all the servants and all I kept thinking was Downton Abbey and all I kept seeing was <laughs> was Mrs. Padmore and Daisy in the, in the kitchen. So anyway, um, anybody who's a Downton Abbey fan, you'll know what I'm talking about. But you get to go through like the kitchen area. And I thought the kitchen area was really cool. Like there's this huge long table where they would have been like, you know, making the food and they even like put out like a, a sample menu, like what people would have been eating back in, you know, 1800 or, or mid 1800s. Um, so it was really interesting and to see like all the the pans like lined up on the wall and it was really, really cool. Um, so I'm glad that's kind of something recent I think that they did is they opened up the kitchens and kind of set those up as to what they would have been because I think they were kind of all in, you know, kind of ruins or whatever, or had been used for something else. So absolutely worth going through the castle and taking in the rooms, especially if you love history, if you have any kind of inkling into any of the the sort of um, the aristocracy and how they would have lived. And it again, it was kind of cool to see like, you know, where the where the servants would have would have been working where where Mrs. Padmore and Daisy would have been making making the the food. So, so yes, um, definitely go into the castle. Obviously, there's a lot of, of it that you don't get to see, but you do get to at least see some of it. They also, so that's sort of on one side. So as you kind of walk over kind of the um, the walkway to go to the the castle, that's kind of to the left. To the right is where you would find like the coach house and the stables. They have taken some of that. There's um, There are some shops and some cafes around, which is great because if you get a little hungry or if you feel like doing a little shopping, there's some nice artisan things. Um, you'll find some beautiful artwork by local artists. And there are a couple of different cafes where you can actually get something to eat. I mean, really, this thing is like a huge whole estate. I think it's about 240 hectares. Let me double check that. Yeah, two, uh, 260 hectares, 
it's it's quite it's it's quite large. So what else you will find there? So you can go and you can kind of see that you can't really there's not really a whole lot. They don't really have the stables or anything like that kind of set up anymore. But you can walk over that way and kind of take in some views. That's the other thing. So when you kind of first get there and between there's sort of this open area that my guess is would have been like where the, you know, where the the horse and buggies, well, the coaches, I guess, would have come and like dropped people off in front of the the castle. So there's this whole kind of area, you know, kind of paved area. But there is where you can see out over the sea. Uh, so do take a, a look out and you can you can kind of look up and down the coast a little bit and see this beautiful cliff top location that Colleen is in. It's just spectacular. It really is. And it's probably hard for you to kind of get a a grasp of that, you almost need to like, you know, have a drone or something or and see it from overhead to really get a feel for what it's like. So that's kind of all that just like the the buildings that are, are kind of right there. Below the castle is the Orangery Fountain Court, which is just kind of like this open grassy area, like I could imagine them playing um, croquet. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, with the mallets and the ball. Yeah, that would be it. I could see them like playing that on this lawn area. Beyond that, I only, again, because I was so pressed for time, I just walked a little way around the castle, kind of, I guess it would be going south to what was like the boathouse. The battery was there. There were some cannons there, which I kind of, I don't know. I felt that was... I was surprised to see those, but um, because it just didn't seem like it was that fortressy type of castle. But hey, there were uh, there were some cannons there overlooking the sea um, in case I guess somebody was going to come invade. And um, there's a boathouse, but beyond that is where you kind of go then to the Swan Pond, where the Adventure Cove and Wildland Woodland is, which is a great spot to take the kids so they can just go play, burn off some energy, especially if you've given them a sugary treat. And then like as you come kind of inland from the coast and from where the castle is, there's just all these footpaths that go through woodland and grassy areas. There's, you know, another couple like little ponds. There's a walled garden. All of this stuff is the stuff that I didn't get to see because I didn't have the time, but what I will go back to see. And that's where I would highly, highly recommend to be sure that you give yourself enough time here because, you know, I concentrated on seeing the actual castle and just some of the immediate areas around it, but there's so much more. So when I go back, uh, because I know I'll be back in the area probably in 2024, I will go back and visit it again. Maybe this time be able to get on to one of the tours guided tours. And then I will give myself the rest of the day to be able to really explore all of the grounds. That's why it's not just the castle, it's also the country park. So here are just some logistics um, because I want to keep this episode relatively short. Follow the signs, first of all, in getting there. Your GPS will certainly take you there. 
follow that, but it is very, very well posted. You know, look for the brown signs. It is, like I said, it's it's the National Trust for Scotland's flagship property. So it is very well marked. They will also guide you to the areas where you can park. There are a few different places to park. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is when you enter, there will be sort of a a kiosk kind of out front and you'll have to then drive further to your parking area. So you will, so do be prepared to pay while you're still in your car. I became a member. Uh Aha! (laughs) which they thank you for, of the National Trust for Scotland. So I had to just kind of show my my membership card, which is still on um, a PDF thing at this point in time. So then they'll give you your map. When you then decide there are several different places that you can park depending on where you're where you want to go. If you are going to go to the castle, then you probably just want to go to the main car park and that's where the coaches will would park as well. That's kind of going to be kind of on the I guess that would be the northern end of everything. It may mean that you have a further walk. However, you can also go and tour the castle and if you want to go then to the southern end, you can actually get in the car and you can drive. There is a a drive that will take you down to like where the Swan Pond is. So if you don't want to walk all of it. So that's the first thing. I believe pricing, let me get that because obviously I didn't pay for it. Adults are 20 pounds and children are 12. And if you are a family, it's uh, just under 50 pounds. So this seems a little pricey, but considering everything that's there and that you can truly, like you could go when they first open at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I think the, yep, that's when they open. The castle actually opens at 1030. You could go and spend the entire day there. You could stay there until they close at five. So, you know, if you think about it, not too bad. That would, that's my next tip is plan it out so you can spend a lot of time there, especially if you want to enjoy walking through the gardens and really taking in the woodland and everything that's there. You can pack a lunch or you can actually eat at one of the places. There are a couple of spots where you can get something to eat. The one that is closest to the castle will actually have like full service where you can actually get like a full on lunch. And then there are, well, there's one other place it looks like that does more like just coffee, ice cream, kind of just a few little snacky things like that. But there are plenty of places if you want to stop and have your own brown bag lunch and take in some of the beautiful country park. The last thing I want to say is for people who are into the castles and the stately homes, this is a must. I mean, it is just like, even as I walked up to it, I'm pretty sure my jaw hit the ground because I was like, holy moly, like, you know, and I'd seen photos of it. I, you know, I knew about it and I knew that it was on, you know, sat right by the water, but I still don't think I was prepared for just how big it is and how beautiful it is. If 
those, if that kind of, you know, site is your thing, you definitely want to visit Colleen Castle. Now, the other thing is you can stay there. There are apartments. So I think if you go on to, I'm trying to think where this is. I know I saw this somewhere. There are some apartments that you can stay in. I'll find the link here uh, because I remember looking at it. It's not cheap. It is definitely not cheap, but it is something that if you wanted to make a splurge, you could stay there. And the other thing is there is, you know, some people actually have weddings there. Again, not cheap, but there is that option for somebody who really wants to splurge out and get married in this absolutely stunning castle in a stunning location. So that's Colleen Castle. It's a place, like I said, I plan to go back to because I really want to explore the grounds more. I would absolutely go back through the castle as well. I thought it was really cool. You, They do have, um, as far as accessibility, you know, there are stairs, but they do have a lift. So if you are a little, if you have some mobility problems, there is that option that they can like take you up and down a lift. I saw that there were some elderly people there and the, the guides that were sort of placed around in the different rooms were there to kind of help people navigate some of that. But I just highly recommend this site for those of you who love to visit these big stately homes, these castles, and dream about how the other half lived. Of course, I would have been the one like working in the kitchen, so I would not have been <laughs> upstairs in the in the nice places. But it really is a well done. It is a wonderful site. It is well worth the price of admission. And the other thing is, it's there is a beach that if you, I think you probably would have to be there more at low tide. But if you wanted to, and the weather was good, just below there are some stairs. And I started to go down, and I thought. I don't see much of a beach right now because I think the tide was in, but you can. There's actually a little beach area down there as well that that kind of sits to either side of where the actual castle is. So there's a lot here. There's a lot to check out and to take in and um, bring your camera because it's really, or your camera phone, it really photographs well, especially on a nice day. I was very lucky that the sun actually finally came out for me and I had a nice day. So that's going to be all I'm going to talk about with uh, Colleen Castle in Ayrshire. Uh, like I said, just about 50 miles or so kind of south and I guess that would be just a little bit westish of Glasgow. It's a be a great day trip. Get up early and go down there and you could actually go back and be back in Glasgow for dinner. Um, little housekeeping here. Just want to remind everyone that if you are not on the mailing list, you can go over to the website, wonderyourway.com, and there are few different ways you can kind of sign up. You get a freebie from me, a free PDF on, oh gosh, it depends on on where you land. You can get something on Italy or Ireland or, you know, just uh, some great destinations in Europe, uh, maybe some planning tips for planning your trip. There are a few different options, but if you plug in your email, you will be on the list and you will know when the blog post or the podcasts are dropped. So you will get that weekly. And then twice a month, I usually put out another sort of newsletter, a mid-month one around the 15th of the month. And, you know, sometimes it's uh, offering up some tip or something interesting that I maybe came 
across as I am always reading travel articles uh, for, for Europe. And at the end of the month, it's an end of the month roundup. And usually there's a lot of good information there, including all the past, the monthly blog posts and podcasts, and then a handful of interesting travel articles that, I come, that I've come across over the past month that I think would be helpful for you or interesting to you. So please go over and sign up. I'd love to get more people on my list. And uh, if you are planning on going to Europe, if you're thinking about it for 2024, remember, I'm your girl. I can help you plan that trip as little as you want, as much as you want. I have varying levels of services to fit every want, need, and budget. So go over to the Wonder Your Way website, wonderyourway.com, and you can see where it says services and you can check out the different services that I offer. I'm working on a couple of trips so far for 2024. It's good. Um, You know, I'd love to get some more going. I know right now, maybe we're not quite thinking that yet, but um, something tells me some of you are going to start thinking about 2024 pretty quick. And don't forget, I offer all this information free of charge. So if you want to help me out, and help me keep Kalisa kind of doing her great work here on the podcast, then go down into the lower right-hand corner of the website where you see that little coffee cup, which right now might actually be a glass with gin in it. I've gotten into the Scottish gins here lately. Some gin and tonics have been my thing. Yeah, you can just click on that and you can make a wee little donation to Wonder Your Way. Every little bit helps. I appreciate it so much. And I'm going to start giving shout outs to people that start doing this because I realize that I'm not. I usually send something back personally and say thank you for making the donation. But I think I need to give little shout outs here on the podcast to those people who are making those donations because I really, really, really appreciate it. It takes my time and it takes Kalisa's time and me paying Kalisa to do the editing and I'm putting out this information and it doesn't really cost you anything, does it? So, hmm, might be nice for you to give a little wee donation. I hope you're feeling generous. Anyway, I'm going to end things here because it's getting close to dinner time for me here in Scotland and um, feeling my stomach starting to growl. So it might be time to go. But I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Again, you can always hit me up, Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E at wonderyourway.com and let me know what you think of the podcast. You can give me some ideas, something that you might want me to cover. You also can tell me what's going on. Where are you traveling to? Do you have some fun travel plans? I always love to hear from you. I always respond to every email that I get. Okay, so until next time, happy travels. Slanjava. Slanjava.